ಪ್ರಾಂಜಲೀರಾನಸ್ಮಿ ಐ ಪ್ರಾಸ್ಟ್ರೇಟ್ ವಿತ್ ಫೋಲ್ಡೆಡ್ ಹ್ಯಾಂಡ್ಸ್ ಬಿಫೋರ್ ಪತಂಜಲಿ who benefited mankind by delivering yoga for mind grammar for speech and by removing impurities of the body through medicine so now in the last class uh, we studied the 26th sutra of the second chapter which speaks of the way which we have to adopt in our spiritual life for the ultimate realization leading to kaivalya or the liberation so what it speaks of the single practice all other practices the kriya yoga is actually to help us to ripen this practice to make this practice more intense more effective what's that single practice which alone speaks of the liberation which is bound to follow if we can really make it effective in our life so what's that that has been spoken of in the 26th sutra which we studied in the last class viveka khyatir aviplava hanupaya this hana hana means destruction upaya the means the means of destruction of ignorance how is it possible by practicing viveka khyati aviplava the word viplava means this without obstruction aviplava aviplava means without viplava without any obstruction uninterruptedly if we can uninterruptedly go on contemplating on my real nature that is bound to take us to the ultimate realization so what is that viveka khyati if we break the word viveka plus khyati is viveka khyati now in sanskrit the word viveka means discrimination and the word khyati means knowledge so the word viveka khyati means discriminative knowledge what's the discriminative knowledge what's the discrimination that i am having the feeling at present that i am this limited individuality what that my amness is constituted of this physical body of the mind of the senses of the feelings perceptions emotions all this together constitute my amness that's what we fill with our limited understanding the scriptures come to assert the fact that i am not this conglomerate of the senses of the emotions the feelings the thoughts i am something beyond that the one who is witnessing the form the feelings who is witnessing the sensations the thoughts the one who is witnessing he is the real self 
so detach the one who is witnessing the drashta from the drishya and go on contemplating that i am the drashta not the drishya all the things which i am observing is a constant flow nothing is permanent that's what the word samsara means samsarate iti samsara that which is flowing is samsara even the word jagat has the same meaning the word jagat came from gam dhatu which means moving everything is moving though we have a feeling of permanency but we know nothing is permanent for certain in this life we are aging our thoughts are constantly flowing our emotions are changing the temperament is changing everything at every moment is a flow and somehow because of the ignorance because of the delusion i identify myself with the flow and think i am that our condition is as if i am in the stream flowing along with the stream the scripture says don't be drenched in the stream don't flow along with the stream come out of it be on the bank of it and just observe it so that is the viveka khyati that i am not the flow i'm the observer of the flow and constantly to contemplate on this idea will lead to the liberation how it happens gradually we will discuss we have already discussed just for a quick recapitulation we will discuss the idea behind this practice this this only practice you may say that there are those who are devotees they contemplate on god how come you say that this is the only practice but if you really try to find out the real intention behind a devotee what's that that the devotee also feels that i as this body mind complex am not permanent there is an eternal me and there my god is also eternal this atma which is eternal is always in communion with the paramatma my devotion is for the paramatma which is eternal and the one who is contemplating is also eternal not as the body mind senses but as the spirit as has been told in the bible by jesus worship the spirit by the spirit so i am the spirit who is worshiping the spirit so though in the devotion the idea is that i am as if devoted to some divinity to the supreme being but the basic idea is i am negating again and again my limited individuality so that also is viveka khyati whether as a devotee i am devoted to god or as a gyani i am constantly thinking of myself both are having the same effect what is the effect it is the negation of your limited individuality if i can do it constantly that will lead me to the liberation but the problem is how to have that constant thought in our day to day life we find that the mind is extremely fickle constantly it is jumping from thought to thought what to speak of meditation just now we had the vesper service we were singing khandana bhava vandana next time when the chance permits when the chance permit make it a point that okay let me sit down 
and try to keep my mind fixed in the song itself that whatever lines i am singing let my mind remain on those lines it is quite easy it's not supposed to be just in one thought like if you are have a mantra and you are repeating it's just to repeat that one syllable it may be challenging but here there's a constant flow of so many ideas and we feel it's easy we can do it try once and please let me know that if you are successful you will find that what to speak of the one who has never tried even those who are meditating for years together they find it is really very difficult you will find at certain point of time when your mind has gone out of the song and it has got distracted and it has started thinking something else and you are carried away by it you even yourself don't know and that's our mind and now in the scripture says you have to think of this your own self aviplava uninterrupted how is it possible so as we told that swami vivekananda used to speak of three p purity patience perseverance it's not easy purity speaks of this again and again this attempt to keep the mind in that thought of myself that itself is a purity but it's not easy the mind will again go back to its original way of distraction so then what I have to do uparati again i have to bring it back in the yoga sutra they speak in uparati is the term used in vedanta in yoga sutra they speak the word of pratyahara pratyah again and i have to draw back my mind and keep it fixed on the object of my meditation the idea behind the meditation of myself or as a bhakta as my eternal communion with the divine where the spirit is worshiping the spirit whatever it may be if i try i may fail then what's the way out again and again you try you fail again you try how it will help gradually the mind will start transforming and you will find one pointedness is becoming the natural state of mind gradually that has been spoken of in the yoga sutra as the transformation from sarvarthata to ekagrata what is sarvartha that the distracted mind having thousands of thought that is sarvarthata like repeated practice i fail again i try and this way gradually i will find my mind is gradually becoming ekagra what's the psychology behind it that you will find a very interesting thing that at present when i'm trying to think consciously i think that all my conscious thoughts are the only thoughts but that's not the case my conscious mind is very weak is something very uh feeble very weak compared to the subconscious mind the subconscious mind is very strong it just throws away all the thoughts in your conscious mind and what are those uh subconscious thoughts those distracted thoughts this uh, is of if our mind is like a lake the conscious thoughts are like the stones pelting pelting on that lake surface when you pelt a stone on the surface of the lake 
immediately the lake breaks into ripples. Those ripples speaks of the conscious thought. And what are the stones? The external world with all the perceptions of your sight, sound, taste, smell, all these are like pelting stone on the conscious mind. And the mind is breaking those perceptions are resulting in vrittis. So that's all constantly happening. But the surface of the mind doesn't only get disturbed by the pelting of the stones, by the perceptions. It also get disturbed by the bubbles which are coming from the bottom of the surface. Those are the latent impressions, the sanskaras coming back as a memory in our thought and they're very powerful. And there are thousands of such thought. Now how they have went in, if we know how they have went in, then we can have a control of them. That sometime, if not today, in the past, I have thought all those thoughts consciously. What I think consciously today, tomorrow it becomes a latent impression and again comes back as memory in my mind. So not a single thought in the subconscious mind is something which was there by itself. Sometime, either in this birth or in previous births, I have thought, I have just consciously again and again thought of them and that's how they have went into the subconscious mind. The path to the subconscious mind is the conscious mind. And once they go there, they are stored there. And now they become powerful. They just go on erupting. Now, how to control this? Now, when I try to consciously think of myself, it's a very feeble attempt. There's all the distracted thoughts of the subconsciousness again and again breaks it. Then is it then our is our case hopeless? No. If you know the basic way the subconscious mind is getting saturated, we will find the way out. What is this way? That what I think consciously, gradually it becomes subconscious. So now what I have to do, I know this is very feeble. This is very weak. My attempt to keep the mind in one thought. But even if I fail, I have to try again. Each and every attempt is what it is happening. It's getting converted into your Sanskar, latent impression, each and every attempt, though you are feeling that that attempt to keep your mind concentrated is becoming a sanskara and is going and gradually in the subconscious mind and very slowly it is saturating. And you even yourself won't know the transformation. The transformation is something like that is rough stone is on the bed of the river and the water is flowing over it. At any point of time, you look at the stone, it appears as if there's no change. But in hundreds of years, that coarse stone, that rough stone gets smoothened. All the angularities get smoothened. How it has happened? That constant flow of water, that avipplava, constant uninterrupted flow of water was gradually changing, was gradually dissolving the angularities of the stone. The same thing happens with the mind. The more and more we try to keep the flow on, all the distractive thoughts, they are getting dissolved. It's just like in that example, which we give again and again. So our mind is like a cup full of impure contents, lot of turgidity, impurities are there. It's a turgid contents. Now it's full to the brim. That's our mind. All the distractive thoughts are like the turgidities 
the impurities. Now that cup which is full of turgid contents, if I pour pure water in it, what will happen? As it is full to as it is full to the brim, the water inside will start spilling off. And as it starts spilling off, the turgidity gets more and more diluted. It is a spilling off. And the water is becoming more and more pure. A time will come, all the turgidity has been washed away. The water inside the cup is pure water. And that's how Ekagrata becomes spontaneous. Though we fell, each and every attempt is making Ekagrata more and more strong by becoming stronger and stronger latent impression. That now starts saturating the mind and it starts washing off all the distractive thoughts. And then the spontaneity comes. And that's why in the spiritual life, again and again it has been told, don't think that something is going to happen instantaneously, like magic. It's a very, very gradual course. Even I myself don't know the changes happening. Just like that coarse rock on the riverbed, no change is visible at any time. But the change do happens, is do happening. It's gradually getting smoothened, unnoticeably. The same way the mind transforms. That's why Swamiji is speaking of 3P, purity. Again and again, this attempt to keep the mind pure in the thought of the self is the purity. For that, I need patience and perseverance. Again and again, I have to try. This again and again, trying is the perseverance. I fail, but I don't get perturbed. I continue with it, with patience. So this 3P actually speaks of the practice which entails in Viveka Khyati becoming a Viplava, uninterrupted. When it happens, what happens? Very interesting thing. When you are constantly hammering your mind with the thought that you are not the body, not the mind, not the senses, not the feelings, not the emotions, not even your thoughts, what is happening? You're actually hammering on the ego. My ego is actually constituted of all this. From Agyana, the Asmita, the ego has arise, has arose, has arisen. How? The ignorance, what the ignorance speaks of? That I forgot my real nature. I, seeing my reflection in the flow called body-mind complex, take the reflection to be real. And that's because of that ignorance, the asmita, that reflection is me, that is asmita, that is the ego. That seeing my reflection in this body-mind complex, I take the reflection to be real and that's the ego. Now, when you are constantly saying, I am not the body, not the mind, not the senses, you are hammering on the ego. A very interesting. It's our asmita on which all our desires are hooked. You will easily understand. When I say such and such delicacy, I like. Who likes it? This limited I likes such and such delicacy. I like such and such person. Who likes this? This limited individual like that person. I don't like this. Who? This limited I. So all our likes and dislikes or desires, all are hooked to that ego. And now you're constantly hammering the ego. Now what happens? Now our personality is like a will, where the hub of the will is my ego, asmita. And all the spikes are all single desires. So many innumerable desires are there. 
some i am aware of some even i am not aware of they are lying hidden in my in the subconscious mind when favorable circumstance come they immediately erupt like volcano they as if suddenly even i am taken aback sometimes i am also taken aback i don't knew that i had such and such desires when i get the favorable circumstances they simply pop up in the mind so some are hidden and some are visible and there is innumerable sometimes people the some those who have uh, habit of uh, those who have got addicted addiction of cigarette smoking with a lot of effort they get rid of smoking but what about the other another thousand desires which are there so if you have to attain to get rid of the desire one by one it is impossible we can never do it then what's the way out this viveka khyati avipalava because it's not the one by one that, that the desire we can get rid of it is in, through innumerable, innumerable births we have innumerable desires how many you will get rid of if you can even get rid of one spike the other spikes will keep the per, will of your personality intact but if i can get rid of the hub all the spikes collapse and the will collapse so that's why constantly hammering on that limited sense of individuality on the asmita on the ego that's the only way of liberation and that's why when it becomes aviplava there is no other thought but one thought is constantly hammering that ego that ego gets disentangled and along with that all the desire collapses once for all at a time otherwise i can never get rid of them one by one when i try to get rid of some of the desires in my life temporarily it helps by getting rid of some of the uh, what you say that our obsessions and the compulsions but there are innumerable others to keep us bound so so the only way if i can get rid of the ego all falls at once and that's what has been spoken of as viveka khyati aviplava hanu upaya the only way to get rid of what is hana what is not desirable what is something uh, uh, which is not uh, what is uh, uh, is desirable this uh, the hana means ignorance that that has to be destroyed how it has to be destroyed by viveka khyati aviplava so we get an idea the very basic idea of what has to be done but at the same time it's easier said than done i think even a small child can understand when we, if we can really in his language try to explain what we were speaking that's not the issue the issue is to really effectualize it in our life through practice as sri ramakrishna used to say tablar bol mukhe bola shohoj hate ana kuthin very interesting what that when you are when you are learning tabla percussion the teacher first comes and say and just speaks out the rhythm say da dinna ta dinna dha tere kete ta tere kete and he asks you to repeat it just take one minute you memorize it and you also repeat now your teacher says bring it in your hand now the real challenge it may take months together to bring it in your hand so how nicely ramakrishna is saying tablar bol mukhe bola shohoj 
hate anagotim so this viveka khyati to understand the basic idea behind is is most probably easy but now to bring it into the practice it may be a matter of lifetime but for that we need that patience and the perseverance which swami vivekananda is stressing again and again he used to say very interesting thing that don't think that the spiritual transformation is like the torrential rain when there's a torrential rain i can see the ground is getting drenched it is visible it is rain is falling it is getting drenched so it is not like that swami ji is saying the spiritual transformation is like the falling of the dew drops it's not visible so you move out and find that the grass is drenched nothing was visible how it has got drenched the dew drops unperceptibly was falling and that has drenched the ground spiritual transformation is something like that so we need that patience and the perseverance to continue with it after a little attempt if we find that no transformation is happening and that's what invariably we all are supposed to experience if after all we are not advertising in the spiritual world swami vivekananda used to say a very interesting thing that so much attempt goes in showing the world that i am holy if i have really used that same energy to transform myself i would have become holy but we waste our energy to show that i am holy so there is a lot of advertisement you will find many people say i sat for meditation and following such and such practice and immediately went to take me to be to samadhi the world is there and you may be be fooling around with them fooling yourself fooling the others but know it for certain there is no shortcut remedy whatever path you may practice you have to have patience and perseverance it's not there is no such magic there is no such a uh, shortcut to spiritual realization yes then the spiritual uh, all the scriptures speak of that realization come in an instant that's also true if you try to understand that when through the viveka khyati you have really hammered out the ego now it is instantaneous all the desires together it falls off it's not that that we have an idea that one by one i have to get rid of the desire so when you we hear that the spiritual realization happens at a flash immediately i try to fool myself by saying oh today i sat for meditation tomorrow i got the realization it never happens that to reach that state where the ego is totally annihilated a long assiduous practice has been has followed and then it happens instantly as sri ramakrishna used to say the moment you use a match stick you just go into a cave which was dark for thousands of years maybe millions of years never sunlight has entered and most probably you are the first person to enter the cave and just strike a match stick will the cave take another thousand years to get lighted no immediately it gets lighted up so the moment the gyana is revealed the realization comes in a flash all disaster falls off at in one go so this is the, the very subtle way of understanding the scriptures we never understand we take the literal word and we try start to fool ourselves when we hear that religion that realization comes in an instant immediately we try to fool ourselves that i have realized it's not that easy it do come in an instant 
And it is after I've really thoroughly got rid of my ego by Viveka Khyati Aviplava. That Aviplava word is very important. When it has become a constant, like Tailadhara, what in the scriptures speak of, like the flow of the oil. When the oil is being poured from one container to the other, you will find there's no interruption. There is no uh, gap. It's just constant because of the viscosity is a constant flow. When your thought becomes like that, then only you are, it is becomes sufficiently effective to get rid of your ego and takes you in an instant, in a flash, the mind falls off with all its module to take you to the realization of your real self. What's the self-relation like? The mind is like the prism. Our self is like the white light. The white light falling on the prism, the white light in association with the prism breaks into the spectrum of the seven colors. Similarly, as long as the mind is in association with the self, the mind it is the working of the mind. It is the mind which is projecting this consensus reality. The way my mind projects this universe, the same way your mind projects the same universe. You are hallucinating, I am also hallucinating. But both are hallucinating in the same way. So we consent that yes, our hallucination is real. That is consensus reality. We all consent it. We are the majority. Those who have some mental problem, we say he is having problem. Actually, that person is also hallucinating. But the way he is hallucinating is not the way the majority hallucinates. So that is the minority in vote, in election, he has lost, he is the minority. The majority has won. So we say you are uh, having mental ab abnormalities. We are the one who are seeing the correct thing. So now the science has developed quiet to understand that we all are projecting this universe in the same way, but it's also projection. And that's why nowadays for the mental problems, they never use the word that aberration or mental illness, they never use. What they say, he or she is a bit different. If you just go to any doctor, any psychologist, uh, you will find that's the terminology they use. They never say that you are sick, you are ill, you are a bit different. The way you are projecting the reality is not the same, is not the consensus reality, is not what all consent to be real. That's the only thing. But now when the prism is removed, then what happens? The spectrum merges again with the white light. And then you realize, oh, the spectrum was a mere projection. I am that white light. And that's the thing happens when the mind falls off. The mind is not a single unit. All these thousands of desires, each desires is actually a, a, a module, a particular module, mental module. All these innumerable mental modules together constitute the mind. When the ego is shattered, they all fall off. There is no more mind to restrict you, to force you to see this spectrum. And you, for the first time in a flash, realize that this amnes is not something which I see reflected in the body-mind complex. It exists independently on its own right without the help of the crutch of body-mind sensors. That amnes is there. That's why in Yoga Shastra, 
the final realization has been called kaivalya what means kaivalya means the, it, the word kaivalya came from kevala kevala means kaivalya that only that i exist alone kevala on my own right there is no need of the crutch called body mind senses and once you go to that realization when you come back the mind has fallen for the time being and again just the way when i am trying to concentrate my mind it breaks at present it breaks into thousand thoughts because my mind is full of those distractions the same thing happens when your mind has become ekagra it takes you to that realization but still your now the subconscious mind is there the all the distractive thoughts has been washed away but now it is full of that ekagra vritti so very interesting you will find in the life of ramakrishna that when he is going to samadhi someone goes and repeats a mantra he comes down the mantra which we use to concentrate our mind for him it's just the opposite it is to bring the mind from the state of nirodha to the state of ekagrata because that's what fill is filling his subconscious mind those ekagra vritti so the mind comes back to that ekagra vritti you again come back to your mind of aham brahmasmi whatever the thought you are thinking but now you are totally transformed person why you are transformed person once you know that what i see is a mere projection it can no more delude you why the world is deluding me why i am running after it because i take it to be real the one the day i realize it is not real my hankering my clinging to it will spontaneously fall off as swami vivekananda gives that example of the mirage he was passing through the desert he was thirsty as a wandering monk he was passing through the desert and as he was thirsty he was in search of water and at a distance he at a distance he saw a huge reservoir now to quench his thirst he started approaching it now the more he approached he felt his in no way coming near to it as if it is receding and at certain point of time it vanished it was no more there and then immediately the thought came from childhood i have heard of mirage i have read it in my textbook that in desert such hallucination happens so it was my intellectual knowledge i knew about it but today the realization happened i realized what it is what is the result the next day when again i am passing through the desert again i am thirsty as i am in my mind and senses i am still in my body i again hallucinate i again see the mirage but today a great difference is there it's not that i don't see the mirage yesterday i have understood that it is a mere projection hallucination that's why it won't happen today it again will happen the moment i come back to my body mind senses again the same phenomenon happens but today there is a great difference what's the difference yesterday it dragged me i took it to be real to quench my thirst i was dragged by it today it cannot drag me i know it is something a mere projection it has a virtual reality it has no reality and that's how all the desires falls off spontaneously you don't have to fight with your desires just simply falls off once you go to that realization and that's what this viveka khyati results in so there are seven signs to that to understand that you are almost reaching the goal so 
The 27th Sutra actually speaks of that. What it says, Tasya Saptadha Prantabhumi. That, that ultimate insight, there are seven signs, seven insights come to a yogi, which gives him the, uh, the conviction that I am about to reach the ultimate spiritual destination. So what are those signs? So that's this uh, 27th Sutra just say there are seven signs, but it doesn't elaborate it. The Vyasa Bhashya elaborates those seven signs. What's the first sign? Kritartha. The most probably uh, that let us try to cover the seven signs. This time is there. The first, first sign is Kritartha, Krita Artha. That in this life you will find that as a child, when I was growing up, my father told me that st study well so that you can be established in your professional life. And that's the goal of your life. When I reach there, I feel as if I have reached a plateau. I still am not satisfied. There is so much of unsatisfaction in me. So my artha, my purpose in life is never attained. But the spiritual goal is something when once you reach that goal, you find your krita artha, that nothing else has to be done for the, for the finally, at last, that ultimate satisfaction has come. No more question of running after the desires. It has stopped. To explain this, let us take the help of an analogy used by Swami Vivekananda. Very wonderful analogy he has used. That he's saying our mind is just like a lake. And our the real nature is like the bottom of the lake. Just for an analogy, he's using this. You also will understand why he's using. Now, when you will find that you go to a swimming pool when all are swimming, when all the children are jumping, having fun, uh, splashing the water, you can never see the bottom of the lake. You can never see the bottom of the swimming pool. Though the water is very clean, but as there are a lot of turbulence, the bottom cannot be seen. When no one is there, the water is calm, pure, transparent water. Suppose a coin has fallen on the lake, you can exactly spot out where it is. The bottom is clearly visible. So Swamiji is saying our mind is also like that. In the ordinary state, it is constantly turbulent. Thousands of desires, thousands of thoughts. It doesn't enable me to see what is in the bottom. That my real nature, which is Sat Chit Ananda Swarupa. Sat Swarupa. What is Sat? These words are so important. What this actually means? Sat Chit Ananda. We say the ultimate reality can never be defined. But again, the scripture says it is Sat Chit Ananda. As if these this, uh, two uh, ideas are contradictory. That you say it cannot be defined and now you say it is Satchit Ananda. Actually the word Satchit Ananda is a negation of our limited individuality. It doesn't speak of any attributes. To give, an, I, the, that, to give the idea, what does it mean? Sat means that now I have an idea that I as a living being was born at certain point of time. I'm going through some transformations and the end will come at certain point of time. So I cannot think of my existence in the eternal past. I cannot think of my existence in the eternal future as a limited being. The scripture comes and asserts that what you're thinking of yourself is not the truth. 
you are sat so what is sat defined that which is trikal avadhita whose existence is not interrupted by any with any of the three phases of time past present future in the past it was there through eternity in the present it is in the future it is going to be there through eternity that's the real sat so when the scripture says that now again i am deluded i think yes it is true i have read in the science that everything is after all matter and energy at last everything can be converted into energy so and, and that energy is not something conscious so after all it is inert so everything that what constitutes my amness when i die the body disintegrates and at last the matter from which i came i go back to that matter yes the charvakas say that the so scripture again asserts no it is see the negation the sat was a negation of your limited identity chit is the negation of the idea that no don't think that you are eternal as matter as inert something it's the ultimate reality is consciousness we think that matter somehow conglomerated to create the consciousness the scripture and even the modern science at present have started realizing that without consciousness you cannot define matter in the quantum mechanics the very famous statement is that the moment you witness the probability collapses into reality you are not going to uh, what you say that elaborate on it but the very interesting thing the world is just waves it is a dance tandavan rithya of shiva everything is in constant motion what makes it look like something stable the witness the moment you witness the world is just like the classroom where all the children's are jumping around where the teacher is not there jumping around making lot of noise a chaotic hearing the noise the headmaster comes down the corridor and just stands in front of the classroom and he finds all are seated in their place just by observing the chaos has got converted into something stable tranquil so that's what modern quantum physics is saying that without consciousness you cannot explain matter so we need not go to the details just to say sometimes unless you say the scientific thing you don't believe in the scriptures ras as swami vivekananda used to say very interestingly that that there are two types of superstition one is this religious superstition another is called the scientific superstition what very nicely used to say that if someone says vyasa said to you such and such thing valmiki said such and such thing the rishis have said such and such thing immediately we brush it off all nonsense what is the proof behind it what is the logic behind it that's what we go on challenging now when we say that einstein has actually proved energy and matter is interconvertible and e is equal to mc square how many of you can prove that e is equal to mc square isn't it you have believed in it so this is also a type of superstition you don't question when we say that the scientists have said something we are ready to simply swallow it even without salt nothing is required simply we swallow it isn't it a superstition that is also a scientific superstition and it is more dangerous because it can totally disintegrate your personality so if have to be superstitious better is to have superstition for the spiritual ideas that's what the faith is required because today's uh, superstition is going to be converted into tomorrow's realization 
because all this is is faith will ultimately take me to the realization by faith if i follow that ekavritti the mind's programming is such automatically it will take you to the realization if you don't even don't know the procedure behind it the just in computer science the way it happens whether you know the software the way the software is working or you just use it without knowing the result is the same somehow even i don't know the way that the computer language i don't understand but i use the software without knowing anything i get the result and the one who knows he also gets the result the mind has its own programming all the spiritual practices are like that software with just with faith if you follow it will take you to the realization just with the faith the way i believe in the software it gives me the end result the same thing happens here so these all things have a meaning so this when it takes you to the realization ultimate realization through the practice what happens that as we are speaking the sat chit anand the chit swarupata he speaks of that that you are you are actually that sat swarup is actually chit you are the conscious now the next doubt comes that at present i feel i am conscious though i am not eternal but my consciousness is constantly changing now i am elated ecstatic very happy the next one i am dejected i am constantly in a flow sometime i am on the peak of the wave and sometime i am in the trough is this what i have to go through eternally is there no eternal happiness so again to negate this idea that i am never having permanent ineffable indescribable happiness bliss to negate that idea the scripture says no you are ananda swarupa that this is no such polarities in your conscious existence you are in eternal bliss you are beyond this polarities of joys and sorrows so this is my real nature which is in the bottom of the lake now when the mind is disturbed the mind filters away a part of my reality not the entire reality it is just partial filtering you know however my mind be disturbed i am aware that i am sat swarupata chit swarupata is never filtered out what is filtered out is ananda swarupata that happiness when i am having the tremendous desire to have something i am not happy i feel that the moment i get it i will be happy and it really happens when i get it i am happy and i feel that it is the object that has given me happiness but it's never the object that gives us happiness that's the ignorance what has happened the moment you get the object of your desire the desire like the waves were tormenting your mind the moment you get it just for a moment there's a let go and shoes the mind is calm till the next desire arises it's calm that partial filtering of that ananda swarupata is no more happening now the ananda percolates through your psyche and you are in extremely happy you extremely in bliss and i think it is the external thing getting of the external thing which has given me that happiness that's the ignorance i don't realize actually the happiness is coming from within because the mind has calmed down the bliss is percolating through my body mind senses it is welling up the word welling up is very important why why do we use the word welling up to explain happiness if you have seen the village well sometimes the you know the the villagers use uh, pump out the water and temporarily there is no water in the well the next day morning you go again you find the water is there so when i pump out the water 
Do I have to fill it up by pouring water into it? No. There is underground water which wells up. That's the idea. The happiness is something which is not to be poured from outside. It is something welling up from within. When the mind is turbulent, it is just filtering it out. So when you get rid of the mind, the turbulence of the mind, through that practice of viveka khyati, aviplava, the mind has fallen off. That real bliss becomes something permanent. It's not that that one desire is fulfilled for the time being I'm happy, again the next desire arises, again I'm chasing after it. It's ever running, never reaching, nor a distant glimpse of shore in the words of Swami Vivekananda. We can never get for lives together, we are being fooled by our eternal chase for happiness in the sunset world. It never can be. The moment I understand that I need not have to depend on those things, happiness is something within. Let me just calm down my mind, get rid of the turbulence. It will something which is constantly welling, is constantly welling up from within. And once you get that, you know that what else is there to hanker for. So that's why the first sign is Kritartha. In the words of Gita, Yang Labdhva Chaparam Labham Manyate Nadhikam Tataha. It's such a treasure when you get it. Nothing in the world can be superior to it. Nothing can be superlative to it. That's something which can give you eternal fulfillment. So that's the first Kritartha. The second sign is annihilation of the glaciers. That avidya, asmita, raga, dvesha, abhinivesha. In short, all the desires, all the hatreds, likings, dislikings, they fall off. How they fall off? Just now that we gave that example of Swami Vivekananda's realizing the mirage. For even for once, the mind has stopped for even a fraction of a second. And you understood that the world is just the spectrum produced by the mind. I am the eternal consciousness. Now even again you come back to the mind. Again the spectrum is visible. Now you know what the, that it is a virtual reality. It is not the reality. It is just a projection. Now it can no more drag you. The likes and dislikes are bound to fall off. And that's why all the clashes at present I am thinking to get rid of them one by one. It never happens. When you go to the realization, all falls off at a time. That story of Ramakrishna, again and again we say, that jokingly Ramakrishna is giving their wonderful example, that all the desires fall off at a time. Renunciation happens all at once. To explain that, Ramakrishna very nicely, in a funny way, is saying of that wonderful analogy, that a man, after his day's work in the village, he's a villager, was going to have his uh, bath in the village pond. So he was wearing nothing, just a loincloth and he was having a towel on his shoulder as he was going out for a dip in the village pond. Now then suddenly the wife of that person stopped him and just started saying that you are so attached. Well, why? What have you seen in me that, that you feel I'm so attached? You see the neighbor? That neighbor has a tremendous, has developed tremendous renunciation. Now, what have you seen in him that he's, you feel that he's developed renunciation? No, he has 12 wives. 
is renouncing them one by one. And this person told immediately that renunciation dawned in this person. He told, you are full. Can renunciation happen one by one, stage by stage? It happens spontaneously. Do you want to see what renunciation is? I am living once for all. He moves out of the house never to come back again. Just why Ramakrishna is saying that he was wearing the loincloth. He was having the towel in his shoulder. He never thought that as I'm going away forever, not to come back, let me first pack me, my belongings. No, everything falls off at a time and it happens once for all. Once that comes, everything falls spontaneously. That's the idea that the annihilation of the clashes which the scripture speaks of, it happens at a time. And it, the third sign is, it's no more an intellectual knowledge that Swamiji, till he saw the mirage, he thought he knew the, what mirage is. In village, where, in desert, when you go, you see a huge reservoir. We all know that. But unless you have experienced it, that intellectual knowledge is of no use. When you see the mirage for the first time, it is going to be full you. Because you never, knew, you never knew what it actually is. It was just an intellectual knowledge. It was not an experiential knowledge. Though we may feel I know, but actually we don't know. So when that realization dawns, all the intellectual knowledge has fallen off. That, that Then you realize the difference between these two. That Swamiji immediately realized that till now, what I thought is known to me was actually not known. It was a mere intellectual knowledge. Now I know, I've experienced it. That experience alone can give you the conviction. If a small child has written, has read about the ocean in the textbook and is yet to see the ocean, anyone can come and just confuse that child by saying there is nothing called ocean. It's all imaginary things which has been written in your book. Don't believe in it. If you can just speak in a very convincing way, the child will be convinced. But the day he goes and sees the ocean, however you try to convince him that there is nothing called ocean, he even won't argue with you. <clears throat> just one sentence he will say, you are mad. Because realization gives us conviction. There is no question of argument. Argument comes when I am myself have doubt. When you have no doubt, the question of arguing doesn't come. When Naren is going to Ramakrishna is asking, have you seen God? He's not in any way trying to justify that God is there. In one sentence, yes, I've seen God. The one who has seen ocean, if you go and ask him, have you seen, do you, is there ocean is? Will he try to convince you with justification that ocean is? He will just say ocean is, because he has seen it. So that conviction comes. It is not a mere intellectual knowledge. Intellectual knowledge, with that intellectual knowledge, we may feel, I know. But by the time of crisis, you will find that knowledge is of no help. As Swami Vivekananda used to speak of a very wonderful story of a stag, a male deer. A male deer was having, uh, what do you say? The male deer was seeing its muscular limbs, the reflection of the muscular limbs in a reservoir was bragging to the young one, to the fawn. See how strong I am, my limbs are so strong. And suddenly from nowhere, it heard the, the stag heard the barking of a dog. 
and it started running frantically. The young one also ran after it. After a long distance, after a long distance, it stopped thinking that now I am safe. Now the fawn was surprised. He asked, just now you were so confident about your strength. What happened to your confidence? And the stag immediately replied, I don't know what happens to my confidence the moment I hear the barking of the dog. And that's what happens to us with all our intellectual convictions. We think I have understood I am the Atman and the Brahman. But when the challenges of life come, I find it's of no avail. Like the stag, we immediately start running, fleeing away from all the challenges because there's no conviction. So as a realization alone can give that conviction. So you go beyond that intellectual knowledge when that realization comes. So these are the three signs we have spoken of. Still, uh, there's another other four signs are there to understand that you have reached the Prantabhumi, the age from where there is no comeback. You go to that, you get established in that realization. Then what are those remaining four? We will again take up in the next class and we'll continue with the discussion of the 27th Sutra. So with this, we stop our discussion today. And just uh, to remind you this Sunday, uh, we are not going to have uh, uh, the uh, the class, uh, the regular class, because we are ha going having uh, 